0: This is the Kirk Student Ministry Podcast, where we will discuss what is happening in youth culture today and apply biblical perspective to the questions that you, our listeners, may be asking as parents raising your youth in this culture. We will be seeking to answer the questions of our parents involved at the Kirk through gospel-centered conversations with experts in the field and application of useful resources. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe to this podcast or find any of our online resources at thekirk.com.
1: installment of parenting and youth ministry or student ministry for parents um, and we have decided to kind of finally talk about Christian education uh, what does it mean to be a Christian and to navigate the education system and of course in the room we have our um, head of school of uh, Kirk Day School Taylor Clement in here um, as well as my wife Carrie Spencer, who has been a teacher for Taylor um, and has taught in a couple of different avenues, and they both have experienced all different types of education, whether as students or as educators or um, just watching people navigate um, education in the St. Louis and outside of the St. Louis realm. We also have um, Susan Needler, who keeps claiming she's just here to listen and not actually say anything. (laughs) I think she actually brings a lot of wisdom, um, but also some great questions to the topic. And so... We're just going to talk a little bit about Christian education, um, and first let's just start off. Um, I've already introduced you a little bit, but just kind of tell us your experience, both as students and as educators.
2: Yeah, so my, my upbringing was all public school, so that there was a small town public school. Private school wasn't really an option uh, for us, and when Katie and I started dating, I didn't know what a headmaster was. I couldn't really define that. <laughs> So to be in that, that role, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's definitely a, a transition. So um, the I went to, went to college, I was a history major, and really didn't know what I wanted to do was getting my master's in education, got a job teaching history at a small school. And uh, it was a 7 through 12 school. And it was small enough to where they needed another administrator, and I would do it on the cheap. And so became dean of students, and then became an assistant head of school, at another school, and then I became head of school here. So, um, my teaching profession has only been in the private sector. However, growing up, it was a better understanding of the public sector. But it's it's definitely a, a whirlwind I'm going from small town in Southeast Tennessee and that educational experience to Birmingham for my college experience, then to Nashville and now St. Louis. So yeah. It's it's been fun to be able to see the the different realms and everywhere from you know where where. The sports impact the education to um, where kids really go into school and yeah it's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun
1: mm-hmm. so if you could put it in years yeah um, you're obviously a student um, for the the typical amount of years from elementary all the way through college um, and then as an educator how many years would you put that in
2: oh gosh I have no idea if, <laughs> um, you
1: never calculated it no, I've
2: never calculated I'm like in Twenty first grade or whatever it is. Um, I, don't I don't know. We can throw, we can throw like thirty years in there. Okay. Yeah, that work. Okay. Yeah, sounds good too. Yeah, yeah. it's right. right. Thirty years? Yeah. Thirty years? Yeah. And they're like, I didn't know you were thirty years. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll just do that. Yeah, thirty years sounds good. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> Carrie, what has been your experience? Yeah,
0: I grew up in St. Louis. And attended a public school, Brentwood, and it was a small public school. So um, I graduated with 49. So for a public school to be that small, that was kind of unique. Especially in the St. Louis area, because there are schools that have like thousands and thousands. So I feel like I had a unique public school experience. Um, So public growing up, went to a private college Um, Greenville College. got my Bachelor of Science in SPED, special education, and then ended up teaching special ed for two years um, at a charter school in inner city St. Louis. Um, And then when John and I moved to Minnesota, I was a toddler teacher in an early childhood center for one year, came back, and then did small group interventions, I was an interventionist in the Brentwood School District for a year, and then came to the light.
2: <laughs> and then right. I started
0: working at KDS. I was the sixth grade teacher for two years. So
2: and then you quit on me. And please. then I,
0: <laughs> and then we had more children. <laughs> All right, so it was a legitimate. Issue. I did. How did right. you? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've been in a in a lot of oh. different kinds of schools, between attending a public and then attending a private um, college, but then teaching inner city, and then also in the county, and then also in a private school as well, so I've had a little bit of charter school experience, I've had a little bit of public school experience, so. Um,
1: and I remember when you get the phone call um, for KDS, yeah. I was not in town, <laughs> and for all I knew that Carrie was going to stick it out at Brentwood for the remainder of oh her my gosh. career, she yeah. loved it, um, finally came back home, was able to teach in the district that she had crazy. gone to her whole life. Um, and then I'm off at the state meet um, for track, and I get a phone call while I'm at the hotel, and Carrie's like, I just interviewed for a teaching job at Kirk Day School. And I go, what is Kirk Day School? <laughs> um, and I'm, why are you taking phone calls for a different job? And she was like, I don't know if I should do it, but I think it it's looking really good. Um, and so I think it's really telling for somebody who kind of grew up in the public school system and was able to teach even at that public Mm -hmm. school system and really love it, but yet find a a draw towards Mm -hmm. the Christian private school. Which Um, I
0: never thought that I would ever, because my heart has always been, like, inner city, but then also, like, the opportunity to work for Brentwood and do small group interventions. That was, like, dream job. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was honestly very, like, curious. I'd never known... A private school and especially a Christian school to have a special education program. So that was like, I was so intrigued by that. I ended up teaching sixth grade gen ed, but um, I was so intrigued to learn about what special education could look like in a private school. That was a huge, that was a huge draw for me.
2: But I think, and I'm sure we'll get to this later, but one of the things that, that has made education so unique, at least in the private sector, is the fact that we've had to adapt and we have Mm -hmm. to change based on almost every individual student's needs. Mm -hmm. And so almost where special education used to be this very specific type of classroom or specific type of department, it's really become um, so cross-curricular with every student Mm -hmm. and everything, whether they're gifted, whether they have some learning struggles, whether there's some physical needs. Um, And so I feel like it's it's a little easier sometimes in a, in a private sector to be able oh, to gosh, use yeah. those skills within the mainstream classroom okay. and not be so boxed down at that times that was
0: a huge that was a huge draw. i was like thinking that i wasn't going to have to fit into this certain um protocol box and really just focus on like needs of the individual student instead of working you know so hard on the i don't know the litigation side and making sure that we're i don't know
2: are people going to think table. that John's, like, super gassy with Micah's noises? <laughs>
0: Sorry, Micah's in here. Micah's making <laughs> his, his
1: first podcast. Our youngest in here, he's just squirming. got to get some stuff out.
0: i so. um, uh, on that. but um, Yeah, but I did have, I mean, even teaching gen ed sixth grade at kds i had gifted students in my class i had students that would just come in for reading and writing but were in um you know the special services room so i feel like even though i taught gen ed i had students like i i still experienced the special education side of
1: right school even
0: though i taught gen ed so it was great
1: well let's talk about that for a minute um Susan and I, obviously, um, we minister to a a lot of different types of students from different types of schools. Um, And when I was trying to figure out where I felt called to do youth work, um, St. Louis, we landed on St. Louis because of the school systems here, Mm -hmm. because of the diversity and the segregation, but also the pride that people have in the schools that they go to. Um, it's probably the single most unique thing about St. Louis is what I would say is where do you go to high school um, and how does that define you or where do you go to middle school or where do you, what school district you're in in general um, and I I love that about St. Louis. It is one of the most segregating things. It is one of the most unique opportunities for the gospel to enter in where we need to, to provide um, um, and the, the gospel in, in light of that um, how can we redeem the city in that way that we shouldn't be divided um, but yet there's still the underlying issue uh, we were talking before we started the podcast about this um, flow chart of where you should go to school um, in St. Louis it's on the Riverfront Times um, you can find it online um, check it out it's really funny but it's incredibly true um, to the nth degree um, so if you, you want to check that out please do um,
0: take it with a grain of salt <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt,
1: but it, you will have a good laugh with it um, But as you're, you're, you're making those decisions And with y'all's experience within the different realms um, There are these private schools that exist Like Kirk Day School, which is a Christian private elementary school um, There are other private schools, a lot of Catholic schools um, But also a lot of great public schools um, So how do you come to find what are the big differences between all of those, um, especially in the St. Louis area, um, and you can even speak to your experiences outside of the St. Louis area, um, and how do you come to, and um, what is the need for the other different types of schools that the, the state's not providing?
2: So, the, the first thing that comes to mind, honestly, is when, when Katie and I were in Nashville, Nashville while it's about a third of the size of St. Louis, um, the private market f- feels as intense. I'm not gonna say it's as widespread, but as far as just the population goes, it feels intense. So like within a five mile radius of my last school, we had, we competed for initial re-enrollment purposes against about 12 other schools. Wow. And so that was a that was a very dense market and the market share there is is, is really uh, tough and, and some very deep battle lines are drawn and, and everything. The reality, though, is um, it's it's very much the sticker on the back of your car where your kids go to school says everything about you. It says how much money you make. It says what your values are. It says whether or not you're a believer. It says whether or not, you know, uh, you, you support public education. It says whether you're conservative, liberal, or maybe you're mysterious. It, you know, it, it, it's... There, there's all these different things that that describes and so when we ask the question locally where'd you go to high school it says the exact same thing mm-hmm. right that's that's what we're yeah. really asking is where did you live and, yeah. and what are your How values it,
0: yeah yeah what's
2: your label so you know the reality is um that's is there a need for the other always mm. there's always a need for the other um you, you don't want your kids growing up in it, in an area where they they're completely brainwashed and in and, and one way or one, one lifestyle. You also don't want your kids growing up in a way that, that is so distracting. I think of saying, man, I've got all these other things and I don't know what I believe.
1: Yeah. Um, and I
2: feel, like, I feel like as a family, you have to choose what's right for your mm-hmm. family. Um, and more specific, you have to choose what's right for your student. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times, as easy as the world is for our families right now, um, when you think about, you know, how you pick up your groceries now and maybe instead of shopping in the store you can just do it on your phone and go pick it up, which my wife did today. Um <laughs> and you think about all the easiness of it. Parents are really I feel like we don't recognize it, but I think we're at times we're unwilling to do what's best for the individual student and that's hard. Um, instead of going forward and saying, I'm doing we're 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 doing what's best for our family, so we're gonna put all our kids in this one school and that's yeah. great. But the reality is is, is like Kirk Day School may be great for two of your three kids. That third kid we may not be a great fit for. And and I feel like everything's so custom customized and we're able to to make things so customizational, if that's a word, to to our own kids and our own families that that, that nuance is 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 a tough one to see through. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a little bit rambling there, but the really the idea is, are we choosing the right school for the right student? Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's about the family unit yeah. as much as the student.
1: So you're thinking about all these schools uh, cater to very specific indi- individuals. And so there are circumstances where, um, there, let's say there's a family of five and they have three kids. Um, and each one kid goes public, one kid goes private Christian, and one kid just goes private. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you would you would affirm that decision based Absolutely. off of the needs of the family and the needs of the the student themselves. Absolutely.
2: I mean that that's that's the reason these schools exist. Um, I think I think a lot of times we get caught up in. How many carpools am I doing? Who am I paying tuition? How many school events? And, and I get that. That's life and that, that makes life hard. Yeah. No question. But the question is most importantly, is your child thriving? Mm. Because there is the body, mind, spirit aspect of it. Are they thriving yeah. um, you know, emotionally, are they thriving socially, are they thriving spiritually? And then of course are they thriving academically? That's why that's why you're there in the first place. And not every school should be should be the same and, and that, that helps us all stay in business, frankly.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to throw this out there. What if you can't afford any other schooling? Um, obviously, there is um, the school districts of which you live in that have relatively free um, school, public schools, um, and you don't have that choice, and you don't have that opportunity. I think that is great, um, but uh, like a lot of the students we minister to, or just a lot of this general. Body of Americans, Um, they can't afford the private school. Right. Um, So how 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 do you navigate that? And so you want to cater it to your kid that we're hearing that message, and I think that's really good. But let's say we don't have any other option, and we have to send all of our kids to public school in the same public school. Yeah. Um, How how do you navigate that with the same mindset? With the same
2: mindset, I think I think one it it, from my seat and Carrie, please push back on this. From my seat, I would I would immediately say, you have to you have to be intentional, and be extremely emotionally present mm. with the academics of your child. So I think I think the emotional academics of, of a student of, of any age, you, you've got to you, as a parent you have to be there emotionally. You have to be asking the right questions. You have to be trying to connect on that on the emotional and spiritual level. But I think at the public sector, because it is. Made it is created to to hit a broad sweeping population, and the specificity is is not what it is in the private sector. I think you just have to be more in tune and more mm-hmm. more aware of that, and that your sacrifice may not be for a year long tuition, but it might be for a tutor. It might be mm-hmm. finding ways to challenge your individual student more in what they love. It might be steam. It might be um, athletics. It might be a different a different venue. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you have to to recognize that in education is going to be holistic. It is going to be, you know, how do we eat? How do we talk? How do we dress? How do we, how do we respond? How do we worship? I mean, it's going to be all of those things, but you just have to to take that next step and realize that if I'm not paying someone to partner with me in this, then I'm going to, I'm going to take that burden. I'm going to take that share and I may offset that in other ways. It might be summer camps. It might be, it might be a few mid-year things, mm-hmm. but but I feel like it's just recognizing mm-hmm. that um, I think a lot of times the expectation of private schools is the intentionality, mm-hmm. and if we're not going to have that in the public sector, which there are some incredibly intentional people yeah. in the public sector, mm-hmm. no no question that, that we're ready to offset
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think parents, <clears throat> and whether your student goes to public, private, whatever, have to advocate for their child's needs. Yeah, well I think that's said. a big part of it. And so if, you know, especially spiritually, if you know that, like, that is not something that, like, that's not going to happen in the in the, in the public school district, um, you know, like, you have to advocate for your child with um, how they're able to socialize and find friends, but then also advocate for them, um, you know, thinking in the SPED realm, you know, if your child doesn't necessarily qualify for special, special education services, but they need extra help, you've got to be willing to, you know, that may be something that's more readily available at a private school, certain schools. Um, but in the public sector, you've got to be ready to advocate for the needs of your student. Um, I mean, that's, that's in, in any realm, but, um, something that you said about, um, you know, kids are learning like how to worship, how to be, uh, you know, a, a social human being, something that, um, Paul David Tripp mentioned in, in a podcast or a book or something is kids are going to worship something um, like they were made to be worshipers. And so unless we are intentionally guiding them, they're going to find something to worship. So I think that's also another big part of parent involvement with students who attend public school is, um, you know, they're going to find something in the, you know, with their friend group, or maybe it is like they're gonna they're gonna worship this sport, or they're gonna worship this you know need to be popular or this need to mm-hmm. achieve, and so I think that's another place where parents can and should and need to be intentional um, is to to guide their student and to lead their child um, to worship the Lord. Um, yeah. Instead of those things, and again, that's like public and private. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting both ends here. I keep on saying public um, because, you know, what, <laughs> going to a private Christian school doesn't necessarily mean like yes, your student is going to hit every single spiritual, you know, their, every spiritual need is going to be met there. Parent involvement is so crucial in that.
2: Well, and and I think that's the one of the biggest misnumbers about Christian education. Yes. and and the the big. Piece is speaking as a, a church that that believes in tulip and believes in the in some mm-hmm. Calvinistic ideals, right? Mm-hmm. Our kids are sinners, yeah, right. And the majority of our kids, especially the the younger ones who not not yet, yet acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're not believers. Yeah, our goal is to get them there, mm-hmm. and and our goal is that that we hope that they get there, but. We're sinners, and so our children are as well. And so if, if our children are experiencing something at home or they have an older sibling, their goal is to come back and repeat that and bring mm-hmm. sin into our school. Mm-hmm. So we're every bit as sinful. The question, though, is, is what is the mission mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. school? And while I, I feel like in, in more of a secular and, and even public, the, the goal is, is an academic and, and character improvement. Mm-hmm. Whereas, at least with the Christian schools, we, we have the freedom and, and the focus to add a spiritual component. And our goal our goal is to, to proclaim that everything we do is pointing back to God. And, and one of the quotes that I really like is, is John Piper's, and, and where he says that all truth exists to display more of God and awaken more love for God. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in all truth is God's truth, but I love that, that qualifier that he gives because our goal is that children will love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. You know and, and and get that in there with the academic component that God is a god of order and mathematics that, that God is a god of of remembering as we go through history that God is a, a God of communication as we go through through English and grammar that that there's so many aspects there that, that we have this amazing God that we're pointing our students back to them and at some point that as their parents walk with them as their church walks with them as their Friends walk with them that that they begin to see that this is God's world, and that we're that we're a part of it. That, that it's not some human rationale, or that, that we're going into some postmodern or even enlightenment era uh, mm-hmm. philosophy of saying, you know, wow, I'm an enlightened being now, so I can go out and be a good citizen. Mm-hmm. That, that we can say, man, I, I am depraved. I am mm-hmm. somebody that, that came into this world a sinner, and I'm in need of a savior.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And how great is that that God displays His love to us through His world.
1: So, would you say that Kirk Day School was started to live that out? Like, the, the, there was a need for that to be established in the education system, and so KDS was formed? Or is there another or an addition um, to why KDS started? Like, what there are obviously schools, it, there are probably six schools within two miles of here. Um, Mm -hmm. and but yet kds was started how many years ago 26 26 years ago um, for a reason Um, and probably to to much the extent of what you just talked about Mm -hmm. but but what what are some other reasons and why was it uh, would it be to the fact that there were students that needed this type of education on top of you know, some of the the other kids in that family were fine in the public schools. Um, you what know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to ask is like, do you, why the need why why, they, why, why, the, need why the need for KDS why the need for all these yeah. uh, private Christian schools or why the need for Westminster specifically? Why these Christian schools? What is the point of all of them outside of what we already have? Mm. You want a, you
0: want a shot? Um, sure. <laughs> I think something that you know we talked about yesterday was um, you know every school is going to hit math and you talked to this a little bit um, specifically about KDS and um, you know your child is going to learn mathematics they're going to learn reading writing all of these things um, and it's a matter of one how that information or that subject how it's taught what the delivery is I think sometimes Private schools can do that in a different way. But then also, if this is a private Christian school, um, you know, they're not just learning the skill. They're learning how that's woven into, you know, as a believer, how do I approach this subject? Or as a believer, what is this lens that I'm looking through to know that it is it is God's world? Or how do I learn history and all of these world events as somebody who believes that Jesus is the Lord. So I think that it's, one, delivery of content may look different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the content itself is not going to change, but it's, you know, can we deliver it in a different way? Do we have to follow certain, um, you know, state regulations? And then also, what is the lens through which we are teaching? Like, are we just trying to teach the content? Are we trying to teach students how to think, how to feel, not... And that sounds brainwashing, um, but um, through the lens of um, I love Jesus and He's my savior.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to miss the fact that the reality, like, why do we exist? We we actually exist to indoctrinate children through education. <laughs> like, let's 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 call it what it is, right? Um, we're we're here to do that. Yeah. Um, I think I think part of it has to do with, and I'm pausing because I want to make sure that I say this correctly, but it's to raise a generation mm-hmm. of, of kids. And I think what was happening was is, as, as, as we, we saw the 20th century America, and this is part of where I did my master's thesis, mm-hmm. become more liberal and, and and God being pushed out of the public sector more and more and more, you saw a, a rise really in two eras in 20th century America, and that was during the Civil Rights Movement, you saw a strong rise of private education. And you saw it in the 1980s and early 90s when KDS was founded and with this kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't call it a great awakening, but there was the silent majority, and, and it was formed mm-hmm. with this idea that, you know what, our, our nation, our world is becoming more liberalized. You know, you're coming right out of the, the, the fall of the, the Berlin Wall and the, the deconstruction of communism. So if we're going to raise these, these children... Let's raise them in a world that, that prepares them to go out and truly reform the world through being the best politician, the best lawyer, the best doctor, the best nurse, the best homemaker, the best whomever. But doing that with a Christian worldview is, is carry what you were saying, of doing everything through the lens of Scripture. But we're going to do that starting at the earliest age and get them through high school. And at every level, we're going to challenge them. We're going to make them think about what does it look like have a have a good discussion on abortion, mm. because is it is it woman's right or is there is there a sanctity of life question, and it, what does scripture say about that? And I th- and I think as these schools exist, that's particularly with the Christian education question, that's what it is: is to, to make our kids struggle. I like, I don't want our kids not struggling. I don't want them not thinking about hard issues. I want them to ask the questions that that are difficult. I want our kids maybe not at sixth grade, but I want our kids eventually, and I want my children to ask the question of what does scripture say about homosexuality and why do I believe what I believe? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, isn't that a great way to go about it and let them, let them struggle within a safe realm instead of mm-hmm. coming home and being totally flabbergasted and not knowing what, what scripture says. And mm-hmm. I think it's, there is a preemptiveness to that of doing that as you raise your children. But I also think, you know, I want an adult and I want, my leaders and my politicians and, and the folks that, that are, and I say politicians mainly because education's so political. Mm-hmm. I want the people that are influencing my world, yes, to have a, a biblical worldview, but I don't want them just to thump me on the head with the Bible. Mm-hmm. I want them to un- have a good understanding that where they can truly be salt and light and be a healthy aroma of Christ, as mm-hmm. Scripture says, to be that aroma that some is t- sweetness and some is death but they can do that well and that they can do that with, with a gentleness because, you know, scripture also says that it's this kindness that leads us to repentance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a common misconception of, um, you know, private Christian school is, yeah, you just add a Bible class. Like, there's just the a yeah, Bible class right. too, you know. it's right. But really it's it's applying scripture and biblical truth across all curricular areas. So it's not just like, yeah, we do all of the other, you know, subjects, and we have Bible class, it's it's more all-encompassing than that, so yeah. you know, that could be a common misconception. And there may be private schools that that is, you know, that is what they do, just add a Bible class, but I think it depends on the school. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're running close to out of time, and I, mean, I, I want to add on to what y'all are, are talking about. Um, so, in some sense, you're making a, attending a, a private Christian school or a private school at that. Um, you're making an, an investment, obviously, mm-hmm, yeah. to 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 cater to the students so that they're raised and educated in a certain way uh, of your family's preference. And obviously, with KBS and other Christian schools, your, your preference is for them to grow in their faith, but also to grow in their academics and to mm-hmm. grow grow up to be um, a good functioning. Um, Faithful Christian um, workers um, and kingdom kingdom workers at that, and so everything that they do is building the kingdom of God. Um, however, and, and I, I want to make sure we flip back to the yeah. other side: is how do we navigate um, any education system and, and affirm the Christians' role in any Christian yeah. in, in any education system? In that, so how can you? How can you? Um, be a Christian and, and and move through the public schools or the non-Christian private schools? Because mm-hmm. those have very similar um, I- issues as far as they're not going to get that biblical perspective. They're not going to get the Christian the worldview mm-hmm. as they're being taught, whether it's private or public. And so how, how can you... Na- you're a Christian in either of those sectors. How do you navigate that? Ooh,
0: um, I think that... Um, role of church and role of parents is important in fostering how a student does that. And I think that there needs to be a lot um, of communication, a lot of support coming from the home to do that because a student may be exposed to a lot more common world viewpoints they're going to be exposed to a lot of things that maybe they're not used to or accustomed to experiencing within their community or their church community um I mean I think it's a beautiful you know picture of the world is that you know at a public school you are going to encounter so many different kinds of people and I think that is really amazing and I think it's necessary because that's I mean that's the way that the world is um I think, um, I don't know, the role of, of parents needs to be um, very intentional about, you know, if your child comes home and, and brings <clears throat> a, a topic home or something that they learned about or something that um, their peers are talking about, um, I think that's important for parents to speak biblical truth into those, I mean, that's that's where that has to come in because um, they're not going to get that at school they're not going to be guided through that um, but I also think that um, I mean talking about the salt and light I mean that's a perfect example Absolutely. of I mean if you are a believer in Jesus and you're encountering hundreds of people every single day that you see every single day that see you every single day that, what an opportunity to be salt and light for those hundreds of peers that you're seeing very challenging, um, especially for an adolescent who's already feeling very self-conscious and very—you know—that's a—that's a questioning time, and so. Um, but what an opportunity! Um, so I don't know what your.
2: You know, my thought is, uh, at least if through an accreditation process for for an independent school, then you're judged against your mission statement. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a Christian. Um, non-sectarian or public school, you know. I think as a family, you have to ask the question: Is what, what's the mission of the school, mm. and thus, what's our part of, of what? What part are we in that mission? So, if a family comes to KDS, and my hope is, is that they they fully understand that my job, the board's job, the teacher's job, are to carry out the mission of the school. And if you don't agree with the mission, it, it's really not the best fit. And and that's not that's not a sequestration of. of of who we want and do not want in our school that's just saying like this is why we exist that's why we believe God founded us same for for other schools and I think as a family you have to you have to ask the question how do we fit within the mission of this school Mm -hmm. and so having grown up in in public school um, and been through that you know there were certain areas that my parents um, walked with me and said we don't believe mm-hmm. in x or y and and they were trying and equip me mm-hmm. as such in other areas they they would completely affirm the system of which I was a part um so I would say as a family you you really have to ask two questions um mm-hmm. where are we right can Can we recognize where we are w- within our system within our within our school, and then how do we react mm-hmm. to to what's coming to us? Good, bad, and different. And so, um, John knows that I'm a big fan of Access Ministries, and and one of the they ask several questions, but really it's what's good about this, what's bad about this, and what does Scripture say about this, and maybe what's confusing about it as well. And I think I think as a parent, no matter where you are, um, public, private, Christian, if you're asking those questions, you're yeah. equipping your child to to think to think more discerningly about their day-to-day experience because the reality is you know, I don't want my child growing up so sheltered that they're shocked and awed yeah. and frankly they then become defenseless when they leave my nest Yeah, I want them to to be ready with the armor of God when they leave and I think there's, there's just a different way of, of equipping yeah. and if you're in public school man, you can be just as sheltered sometimes I mean, trust me, growing up I was extremely sheltered in some of my public raisings but I think there's a, the role of a parent of just awareness mm-hmm. and being able to ask this question, like you said, being intentional in, in how we address it mm-hmm. as a family. I think there's no right or wrong answer there. It's, mm-hmm. it, this is where God's called us to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Praise God for that.
0: Yeah, That's a, a great viewpoint of like teaching them how to be um, like broadly aware of who they are and how they fit into the world as children so that they can do that when they go off to college and they don't just like implode. And, you know, it's, right. that's yeah. a, that's a beautiful, what a way to train <laughs> your child, how to yeah. think and how to react. And yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so a couple of things that we can affirm is, I mean, praise the Lord for education. I mean, the fact that we have an opportunity in this country to send all kids to any sort of education, um, whether you think one is better than the other, we have the opportunity in front of us and that's something to praise the Lord about because um, that wasn't the case for, right. for so, so long. And so there's that. And then the fact that we can navigate as parents um, with our kids in education system, and that's just what I see the most um, for, as a youth worker who sees um, kids going through all types of education systems, whether it's private, public, homeschool, whatever it is, what it, what comes um, to light the most is the intentionality of the parents, but also the siblings and mm-hmm. how they navigate it all together. Um, I remember my sister. I went to a private school, um, and my sister coming home and saying, "I don't want to go here anymore," uh, which got me thinking. Um, well, maybe I don't want to go here anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe I want to go to the public school. Um, and I grew up in Oklahoma, so my parents were like don't do that <laughs> um, uh, and I could go on many jokes about the public school system in Oklahoma but I'm not going to go that route um, what came my parents sat us down and said we are we intentionally moved from the Carolinas so that we could take this this teaching job at this school so that we could walk this school system with you guys um, and in the end what I found out it didn't matter where we landed as students it was the fact that my parents were intentional about walking each grade and each um, stage of life with us um, through that and my dad was I mean he followed me from middle school all the way through high school uh, as a teacher and as the dean of students all that type of stuff and that was an intentional decision and I think that's what we want to want to press out there is um, in some sense um, take this as you will it doesn't matter where you end up um, as long as you as a family are being intentional about communicating and loving your children, um, but also being intentional and pursuing the the school that you're at. It's not just send them off and they're off doing their own mm-hmm. thing, but, you know, pursue, pursue your kid, but also pursue the school because you right. have a way of influence in that. Yeah. And, and if so, you
0: don't know what, this, what the school's about, or if you don't know the mission, or if you don't know who's there and what they're teaching, it. how are you going to... Yeah. And yeah. help them navigate through that. Yeah, way. I am just now learning. You know, I'm
1: 12, you know, 11 years out of high school. Um, I am just now learning what the mission of my high school was. Um, and <laughs> some of that's probably due to me being a teenager at the time and not really knowing what, um, what the school was all about. But now that they're asking for money, they tell me all the time what they're about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> but intentionality, that's what it comes down to, you know. Um, Pursuing the education system with intentionality, with your faith on, on the front end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting back to if you have the opportunity to um, send any kid to any sort of education system, um, make sure it caters to your kid. Absolutely. Um, and that each kid may be different. Um, it'd be easy to send them all to the same place. And in a lot of places that can definitely work and good education systems have places for all different types of kids but sometimes it doesn't work but y'all have been great thanks for being here uh there are probably a ton of more things we could talk about um, we but, can go on and on um, <laughs> we're gonna leave it at that and um if you have any questions or any follow-up um we might even add a link to um the flowchart if you want to peek at that um please i did not write it so don't get mad at me but it is already out there so and uh, up, okay. yeah so <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can look it up on your own, but um, we won't put it on the website or anything. We just text me, um, and I'll send you a link. Um, so, but thanks for being here, guys. and